Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Friday edition of the show, and this is Scoops with Danny Mac, and my name is Dan McLaughlin. Tanner Hendrickson is our engineer and producer today. Scotty, he has the day off, so Tanner, you've got big shoes to fill, my man. Yeah, no kidding. And I wasn't even nervous until you just said something oh, in that break. don't be nervous. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, we've got the text line already rolling in. I love it. From the 314, I got Kepka for you, Danny Mac. Don't worry. He's great under pressure. We'll be just fine. Thank you very much. Whew. Big money on that, buddy. Big money. Big money. We need Kepka to get things rolling. We'll talk about the Masters in just a moment. Just a moment. But let's start with baseball. Freddie Freeman easily won the National League MVP last night. Freeman got 28 of the 30 first place votes in balloting by members of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Mookie Betts, he got two first place votes he finished second and Manny Machado was third a year that saw Freddie Freeman start the season you may recall he was dealing with COVID-19 you know I got hit pretty hard with COVID um lasted about seven days uh then I, I started feeling good about eight days after my first symptom and uh it took me about two and a half I missed two and a half weeks of spring training 2.0 uh so I had five days to get ready for the season um a little quick uh I was a little tired for about a couple of weeks into the season uh it took me a while to get my legs under me but um it, it was tough it was just trying to go from getting better to going right into baseball again so it took me a couple of weeks to figure it out but I was able to get going uh pretty soon into the season so three weeks before the delayed opening day in late July, Freeman, his body temperature reportedly spiked to 104.5 degrees. He lost sense of taste and smell. And I'll be honest, when Freddie Freeman got COVID-19 and it was a big name player, and this is not to disparage the lesser players in terms of big name and popularity, I thought, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Are we going to get this season in? But here he is. He made it through that, and now he becomes the MVP. It's a big story. He's 31 years old, batted 341, 13 home runs. He drove in 53, played in all 60 games. He would have gotten my vote. Um, obviously, he can spray the ball all over the field with power. Had 23 doubles. He drove in a bunch of runs, as I mentioned, <clears throat> and he scored 51. And the really cool aspect of this, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron had a message for the Braves' first baseman last night. Six to three years ago, I was voted the league's most valuable player. And today, Freddie Freeman, I have the honor of congratulating you for being the most valuable player. I want to congratulate you on not only being the most valuable player of the Atlanta Braves, but just being the most valuable player in the clubhouse being the most valuable player that all of us can be very proud of. I like to say that Fred, this is a, quite an honor and I just want to congratulate you again. Thank you. How cool is that? Hank Aaron congratulating Freddie Freeman. He is first, Mookie Betts second. Here are the top 10. Manny Machado third, Fernando Tatis fourth, then Juan Soto. Marcelo Zuna, Trey Turner, Mike Yastrzemski, Corey Seager, 
And even Trevor Bauer getting some votes. The Cy Young Award winner, he is in the top ten. Meanwhile, over in the American League, Chicago White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu won the AL MVP. 33 years of age, received 21 of the 30 first place votes. The Indians third baseman Jose Ramirez was second. New York Yankees second baseman G, uh, DJ LeMahieu, he was third. Abreu led the majors with 60 runs batted in, 148 total bases, topped the AL, 76 hits. He had a 617 slugging percentage. He played in all 60 games. So the top 10 there, Jose Abreu, Jose Ramirez, DJ LeMahieu, Shane Bieber, who was the unanimous Cy Young Award. He is fourth. Mike Trout, it's another top five finish in the MVP. I believe that's now eight top five. Nelson Cruz, Tim Anderson, Brandon Lowe, uh, Luke Voigt of the Yankees, the former Cardinal, and Anthony Rendon. The Ivy League canceled winter sports for the 2020-21 season. Robin Harris, the director of the Ivy League. It was a very challenging decision in that we are heartbroken for our student-athletes and our coaches who are missing out on these experiences. But our presidents prioritize the health and well-being of student-athletes, of the campus community, and of the general public. And it just came down to the fact that the current trends of the virus with the increasing rates and cases and hospitalizations are continuing to impact campus policies that as we go into the next term are going to still be restricting travel, the size of group gatherings, and visitors to campus in the spring. So while athletics is incredibly important to our campuses and to our student-athletes, all aspects of our campus life is being impacted by the virus, and everyone is making tremendous sacrifices. And unfortunately, that has extended again to athletics. you got to wonder about college basketball as the numbers continue to increase. So far in college football, there have been 57 out of 370 FBS games canceled. 66 teams have been impacted. Hit hard this weekend. It's the SEC. Four of their seven games have been canceled. Also, Ohio State's game. There's a top five team that has been canceled. So it does beg the question, can they pull off a college football playoff? Bob Bowlesby is the commissioner of the Big 12. He serves on the operations committee. Well, I'm, I'm on the, the CFP operations committee, and we've spent some time talking about that. We haven't, haven't come to any closure on it, but... But there is um, there is some latitude to uh, to postpone if that need should arise, and um, the same is true with uh, some of the New Year's Six games. But um, you know, within within uh, reason, you can do those things. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know that I see us uh, playing a championship game in February, but uh, you just you just never know. These are these are unusual times and things that. Uh, might otherwise not be acceptable um, have to be considered at uh, in, in this kind of circumstance. You got a bunch of makeup games. You're running out of room now because their open dates are getting filled. Then you have the SEC championship, and those dates are getting filled. And some of those teams need to play on those days just to get to the six games to qualify for the college football playoff championship. I'm not sure they can do this. I'm just not sure you can do this because if you're in the the Big Ten, you're running out of room. I mean, guys are getting COVID. They got to sit out 21 days. 
Look at what's going on with Wisconsin, Ohio State now missing a game. They only have eight weeks. They had no bye weeks. It's going to be awfully tough to do. Paul Feinbaum of ESPN. College football takes care of its own, uh, and you can compare it to anything in society that that, that this explanation fits, but, but it's, it's very antediluvian in their approach. Uh, they're, they're, they, they do not have much bend. I mean, this was the one year, the one year where they should have said, you know what, everything's different. Let's, let's do a one-off. They've done that with, uh, with, with scholarships. They've done that with eligibility. Uh, and this was, this was the one time where they should have opened the door and let everyone else in, in, in the house, but they didn't. Uh, because, uh, I mean, I interviewed the head of the, 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 the college football playoff committee from March until recently. And, and even as the world was coming apart in March and April, uh, this man was saying, well, we're, we're still scheduled to go off on January 9th in Miami. I mean, th- there's no budge with these people. And, 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 and I, I wish I could give you a better explanation, but I can't, other than the fact that they're very stubborn people. So just expand the playoff. You got four teams, make it eight teams. And if there's fewer than six games that you're going to deal with, then just expand the playoff. Are you shocked they haven't expanded yet? I I am baffled that we haven't heard any rumors of expansion. I'm shocked because I just follow the money. People are all going to watch. And if it all comes, look, (laughs) student athlete in quotation marks, sure. Now I'd say, how much money would you make off an expansion of a playoff? And now you have an excuse to do it. That's the excuse. You say, well, we we just couldn't fit in all these regular season games. And Ohio State, we know, is a definitely a top five team, certainly a top eight team. Well, they couldn't get their six games in, but we know based on the voters and how they play and Justin Fields, they've got to be one of the top eight teams. So we're going to put them in. We're going to put them in as the number four seed, the number six seed, the number one. I don't care. But we have now eight teams. Now we've got more money. Because now we're on national television. Expand it. That's why I would do it. I also want to see, too, like you give programs like Cincinnati, who's really good, a shot to go in there, a non-Power 5, and you can finally get rid of that, oh, they, they deserve exactly. to be in the Final Four. Put them in there and let's see what they do. That's the point. So the Masters is going on right now. They teed off at about 7 o'clock. Uh, the weather forecast is sunny and warm conditions expected this afternoon, so that should mean that scores could go down. Yesterday, how about Tiger? His best round, his best round returning as a Masters champion. He was at 68. This is the first round of the Masters. You know, we, as I said earlier this week, we didn't look like we were going to play this event, and uh, to have this opportunity again to be able to play it, uh, it was it was awesome to be out there. It it certainly is, is a much different atmosphere with, with um, no pa- no patrons and the you know the electricity is just not there and um, <laughs> you know there there's so many shots that are uphill here that, that we don't know where the ball ends up. Um, so there's, there's no fan reaction. Uh, we asked a, a few of the, the, the camera guys out there to where that ball end up because uh, we just don't know. So uh, it is a, a very different world, but the fact that we were able to have a Masters and be able to have this opportunity to compete for a green jacket is um, pretty amazing. I know there's not fans, and it is different, but, man, it's still the Masters. I don't know if you like golf, Tanner. I love it. I love watching the majors. This is my favorite to watch, and it is different. Um, but it's still the Masters, man. It's still, like, must-see TV. I'm curious if you're a golf fan, is it 
distracted you at all not to have fans? It hasn't for me. It, it's still watching the Masters. It's still watching Tiger. Phil is four under right now. Kepka is two under. That's my guy. And as our texter told us, he's going to make a run. Thank you very much. I still love watching it. It's still must-see TV. Yeah, I, I don't mind watching the Masters. I'm not... I like playing golf. I don't watch it as much, but I do tune into your four majors. And the Masters is probably my favorite just because the course is fan- It's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's and awesome. I was shocked. That's the first time Tiger's had a shot. I was, too. Yeah, I, I remember Tiger in his prime dominating golf. And hearing that, I was like, no way. Come on. That's a typo. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This is Scoops with Danny Mack, and we have the chance to visit with Frank Veverito, the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission. And there's so many good things that still are happening in St. Louis concerning sports and trying to get through COVID-19. And one of the events that has become a must-see event is the Musial Awards. And Frank joins us now. Frank, always good to see you. How are you? Dan, it's great to see you. I'm hanging in there. Everybody's doing the same thing, hanging in there. And you're plowing forward with the Musial Awards, which is great news for sports fans in our community. So tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 is affecting what you're going to try to do this year. Sure. A little different uh, this year because uh, normally the Musial Awards are given uh, on the Saturday before Thanksgiving at a a big show at Stiefel Theater. Uh, This year, we're not going to be able to do that. So the Musial Awards themselves will be presented on a... uh, CBS national television broadcast December 26th, but since our original event date in November, which is Saturday, November 21, was actually Stan's 100th birthday, we're going to have a Stantennial celebration in place of the Musial Awards. Uh, Most of it will take place at Bush Stadium. How are you going to do that at Bush Stadium, uh, making sure everybody's safe and and trying to understand and, and make this a great event? What are you going to try to do? Well, we're going to do two separate events, um, one that's free to everybody, and both are are very safe. But the, uh, the free event between 1 and 2.30 on Saturday, November 21, we're having a drive-by birthday party for Stan and and the uh, Musial family will be out by the Stan statue at Bush Stadium and uh, fans can come by and wish the family well, drop off a, uh, a birthday card and, and uh, participate in that manner. Or if you'd like to come inside the ballpark and we have a special timed admission ticket for that, uh, again, Saturday afternoon, uh, November 21st. And you, you purchase a ticket, it's $20, and you get a Stan Musial ballpark experience that includes walking the warning track, and we'll have professional photographers out there to take photos, you know, by the Musial likeness out in uh, left field. Kids can run the bases. We have a Musial exhibit of Stan memorabilia from the uh, Cardinals Hall of Fame, and everybody gets a piece of birthday cake, uh, fireworks, harmonica band. Uh, a few more surprises. So it's a fun event indoors. We we have uh, clearance to let a hundred people into the ballpark every fifteen minutes, and so very safe, uh, very well monitored, and should be a lot of fun. Musial Awards has always been the best in sports sportsmanship. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're talking about little league, high school, college, 
professional athletes. Who are some of those that you're honoring this year and why? Well, the the two highest profile honorees this year are Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Hank Aaron. Hank and Stan had a wonderful relationship, and, and Hank has many stories to tell uh, of his own uh, incredible career. Um, but, but the one thing that joins the two of them together, neither Stan nor Hank Aaron had ever been thrown out of a baseball game in <laughs> – plus years that they that they both played and and so the interview uh with hank aaron will be conducted by uh bob costas and and i've seen a rough cut of it it's joyful and and uh uh, heartwarming and and uh significant and meaningful and it's just wonderful the uh the other high profile award this year is our award for extraordinary character and that award uh, is going to NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace. And the, uh, the interview uh, for that uh, award is conducted by CBS's James Brown. Again, I saw a rough cut of it. Just outstanding, um, meaningful, uh, you know, j- just a, a wonderful way to, uh, to celebrate good sportsmanship and, and, and celebrate Stan Musial. Those awards, as I mentioned, uh, December 26 on uh, CBS at 4 p.m. Central Time. And and uh, all in all this year, we have eight stories, a uh, little bit different because there weren't as many games uh, this year, but some really heartwarming stories of uh, uh, of, of athletes at, at every level that, that did, you know, outstanding things uh, in terms of good sportsmanship. I am curious, so maybe pull the uh, curtain back just a little bit if you can. What Hank Aaron had to say about Stan and what this award, who's, you know, he's he's received so many awards and been a part of so many great moments in sports history and Americana, but I, I am curious about what this award means to him and what he had to say about Stan. Can you give us any insight? I, I can. He said it was the most meaningful award he'd ever received, and uh, he spent a lot of time on the interview t- talking about the ways – that, that he and Stan came together. He told stories about uh, uh, a trip they made uh, to Vietnam. And, and, and he said, he said it was so meaningful. He said, cause Stan and I were on the same team when, when we were uh, traveling to, to visit our troops. And uh, you know, he, he reminisced, as I mentioned before about never being thrown out of a game. And, and he and Stan said exactly the same thing is that, you know the umpires have a job to do, and it's 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 my job to play the game, and it, and it's their job to umpire the game, and and it never never dawned on him, you know, to argue a call or 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 to 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 be thrown out, and uh, you know, again, a remarkable uh, run for you know for a guy who had to uh, in, endure a lot of challenges as as he came uh, up upon and broke Babe Ruth's record. What about with uh, Bubba Wallace and NASCAR and why this award is meaningful and how it ties into uh, the big night coming up on the 21st? Sure. You know, the the, the Stan Bubba talk about the uh, Confederate flag in, in, in NASCAR, um, you know, was something that was very meaningful to him and, and maybe surprised him a little bit as to, you know, how, how much uh, uh, how, how, how much coverage it, it achieved and, and how significant people saw it. And, you know, it's the story of a, of a trailblazer in a sport. He's, he's the only, uh, African-American driver on the uh, NASCAR circuit. 
And, uh, you know, it, it was very, very uh, touching because he's a young guy, he's 23, 24 years old. And, and you know, it, it's a very typical response that, that we get from people who we honor. It's, you know, I, I just, you know, did what I thought was right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's humbling to, uh, to receive an award in the name of Stan Musial. I'm assuming you get hundreds of entries, if not thousands of entries of sportsmanship, as I mentioned, on all different levels. Some of them very obvious because if you follow pro sports or college sports, it's going to be written about high school, little league. It's a little bit different. So how do you maneuver through all that and figure out exactly which ones to honor? And the other ones are great stories, too, but, you know, become part of that special night on the 21st. Sure. A, a lot of times it's it's just volume. You know, we'll go through hundreds of stories that could win uh, awards. But but when the same story comes to us, you know, from a hundred different sources, that that's something that that you really consider. Uh, in fact, this week we had we had a local story, uh, uh, a John country country runner. Right. Uh, you know, that, that we've been hearing about, uh, you know, uh, day after day after day. And, and, and it's already in the, you know, the must consider folder for next year's awards. And, and so, you know, it, it's a little bit challenging be, because we want to have, you know, stories from different parts of the country, stories from different sports. We want uh, uh, old athletes, young athletes, pro athletes, amateur athletes, and, and and on and on. And and so, you know, we want to tell compelling stories. Um, you know, we review the uh, all the submissions very very carefully, and, and it's really thrilling to see every year how many more uh, stories there are. And, and, and how significant it is to, to celebrate sig- civility, kindness, respect, and good sportsmanship. What has this night that now bears Stan's name meant to the family? What, what's the reaction you've gotten from the family members? I, I'll tell you what. Um, one thing the family always says, don't forget Lil. Don't forget Lil. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that, that the Musial kids and the Musial grandkids and, and now the Musial great-grandkids all take after Stan and Lil. They're 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 kind. They're they're empathetic. They're so uh, appreciative of 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 our helping to extend Stan's legacy. Uh, we have a program called Musial Moments where people go to our website musialawards.com and and can express their own interactions with Stan. I, I can tell you that the. Uh, the family reads every one of them and 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 loves to read every one of them. Uh, two two of Stan's daughters, uh, Jean and Janet, live here in in St. Louis. Uh, Dick Musial's down in Texas, and and, and Jerry's out in uh, in California. Um, but but the whole family uh, comes to uh, attends the show, uh, presents the awards, and and encourages us at at every turn. Um, because you know, it, it, it keeps their dad alive, their granddad alive. And it's, it's meaningful to them and meaningful to us. Maybe a tough one to answer for you. Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite honoree over the years? I know that's a little tough to answer, but do you have a a favorite one? Man, uh, the, the, the 
two that that come right to mind uh, of our high profile honorees it's it's a local person it's jackie joiner kersey uh, i love jackie and and every fiber of her being uh you know is focused on good sportsmanship in terms of the lesser known stories we honored a young man uh last year named henry frasca who wrote a uh uh who who wrote a note to a uh uh, to a big league ball player for the uh, Orioles who was in the midst of a terrible slump. And, and uh, Henry's note uh, got to the, to the ball player and, and uh, uh, the, the story as it unfolded even made me cry. And uh, uh, we just found out that we won a national Edgar R. Murrow award uh, for storytelling to, uh, uh, to, to celebrate Henry Frasca and uh you know, it, it's just a, a, a thrill when when your stories are, are meaningful to the people who are involved with them, but but then are also celebrated nationally. And and, and so that, uh, you know, that that really makes us proud to, to be able to make a difference. So one more time, if, if fans want to get involved, what's the best way to do it? And then what comes with that ticket on that particular day? Uh, everything is at musicalawards.com. Uh, if fans want to participate in the uh, Bush Stadium experience, it's $20. Tickets are available at cardinals.com, and it's uh, uh, it's an hour of fun inside the ballpark to celebrate Stan Musial on Saturday afternoon, November 21st. We also have the free drive-by birthday party uh, that afternoon, Saturday, November 21st. And then we actually have two television shows. We have a celebration of the best of the Musial Awards that will air Saturday evening, November 21 at 9 p.m. on Channel 5. And then our national broadcast will appear on uh, Saturday, December 26th at 4 p.m. nationally on CBS. So lots to celebrate even during challenging times. You got it. Hey, Frank, stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Good luck with the event. Thank you very much. That's Frank Favorito on Scoops with Danny Mac. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. We all wait for the NHL to resume their season. That means the St. Louis Blues, if and when they do. There's a couple of things I was thinking about that have to be keys for the Blues. And number one on my list, Justin Falk has to be better, and Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic agrees. I think that uh, he's going to have a better year. You know, I'll just, I feel comfortable coming out and saying he's going to be better. Uh, You know, the one thing that we go back to last year and we can talk about, you know, was he comfortable? Of course he wasn't. Uh, comfortable, uh, but what struck me when I wrote a uh, last year is that uh, you know, there there wasn't that defined role, and it wasn't really talked about. And I think Doug Armstrong even admitted, "Hey, when he came over, we really didn't have a role for him." When I interviewed uh, Justin Falk, I said, "Did you ask like when when you're talking contract negotiation extension with the Blues? Did you talk about you know who am I going to be? What am I going to be there?" And he said, "No." He he said that he was looking forward to. You know, new scenery and the contract, obviously, and and they didn't talk about that role. And you know, I think that that was a, a negative. I mean, it doesn't mean that uh, if they would have talked about it, they would have found a role because you had Petrangelo and Pareko. But to me, here's a power play player who wasn't on the power play. Here's a top four guy who wasn't in the top four. I do think the way it's set up this year, it's set up for him to have some. 
but as Doug Armstrong always says, projections in the summer are projections. He's got to go out and play well. He does. Uh, Falk was a guest on Ribs and BK this past week, and here, here's my my point on this. You know, you're in year two. Enough's enough. Don't think. Don't look over your shoulder. There's no Petro here. Just go play. It's time to show up and go play and justify the deal. Just got to play well. I mean, I didn't play that well, so it's not anything like I'm not really viewing it as that I need to do anything super crazy or whatnot and, and change everything up as that I've done in the past. So I just need to essentially play better, and that's uh, where I'm at with that, I, I guess. And uh, like you said, it's probably going to be a little bit, a little bit easier, just in a sense of. Uh, how the pairs might match up and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just taking it as I just need to play a little better. Now, there's another thing that that I think some fans are looking at and why they still look at Bennington and go, well, is he still for real? The guy won a cup. Okay, he he's for real. Now, he did not play well in the bubble. A lot of guys did not play well in the bubble. Craig Berube was a guest this past week as well. He's shown it, I think. You know, you look at uh, when he went – Went in in January and played, then through playoffs, and then coming back this last season, he had a real good year. I mean, he was right up there in wins in the league, so he's shown that he could take the bulk of the load, and which he did. He played a lot of games, and he was very successful. Like he didn't have a he didn't have a good uh, outing in the bubble. Neither did the whole team. Uh, it's not just on him; it's on the whole team. So. Um, we have, you know, tremendous faith in him. He's shown he can do it. Um, but also, we traded Jake Allen, but we're, you know, Billy Huso's a real good goalie. He's uh, proven himself in the minors. He's up and coming here. So we got faith in him, too. We need we need two good goalies. Yeah, Bennington is the, the last of my worries. And I do think we're going to have hockey at some point this year. It will be a reduced schedule. They're running out of time. Does that mean 48 games? Maybe you've got the Olympics. You got the NBC schedule for TV because of that. It's going to be reduced schedule. How are they going to get fans in there? Now this, this story caught my attention. This came out this morning, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. How about this? The golden state warriors have presented an ambitious plan to state and local officials to reopen chase center in San Francisco at 50% capacity for the upcoming NBA season which their ownership believes can be the model for all sports franchises and entertainment venues to safely bring back fans amid the pandemic. Warriors are prepared to spend upward of $30 million to test every fan. Warriors employee and players with the most accurate form of COVID-19 testing for each home game or day they come to Chase Center. Quote, I not only want to get this done and show the world how we can do it now, I'm willing to spend the money to do it. He holds a master's degree in public health from UCLA and built his fortune as a venture capitalist in biotechnology. Quote, this is a serious, serious problem. It cannot go on for multiple years because if this were to go on for several years, the NBA is no more. You cannot sustain this league with no fans. You can do it for a year. We'll all get by for a year, but suppose we're in this situation next year. Now we're taking some serious, serious financial damage to a lot of people. So they've been working on this plan nonstop since the NBA was shut down March 11th. It hinges on the use of rapid tests, basically, or the equivalent amplification technologies that can detect traces of the virus's genetic material in nasal or throat swabs within 15 minutes that are far more accurate than the rapid 
antigen tests, which look for protein that is present on the surface of the virus that is shed. The NBA used the more accurate PCR test as it is completed its season in Orlando, Florida. Something to think about as we go forward, as we look for the NBA, the NHL, concerts, and trying to get back together and make this thing work. It's a fascinating article on ESPN. We'll cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. How about my guy here, Tanner? I T-bone? Mean, he, he, T-bone. T-bone. Sometimes he's dear, DJ he, Dirty Elbows, too. He runs a tight ship, man. He's the man. I'm oh, telling he, you. He, he just yelled at me. He yelled at me. He said, you better read this thing. And I said, okay. I'm sorry, well, man. Dan, I'm, I'll give it right now. You better do it then. We're saying thanks to St. Louis area education employees with Hubbard Radio's Deserving Deliveries. Today's Deserving Deliveries put together by 101 ESPN, Hubbard Radio St. Louis, and Scott Credit Union. 100 lunches are being delivered today to the teachers and staff at Journey Elementary School in Wentzville by Super Smokers Barbecue. Where is our next Deserving Delivery headed to next Friday? You can nominate your favorite school staff right now at 101ESPN.com. Thank you again to all area educators and staff working hard during these extraordinary times. Is that okay, T-Bone? I thought that was really good. Okay, I actually thought right. that was really good. Thanks, yeah. guys. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't just... even say take two. That was good. Wow. Uh, T-Bone just, I mean, yelling at me. I'm sorry, man. It's a weekend. Lighten up. He, you know what, though? I appreciate it. I do, too. There's no messing around. No. T-Bone, when he first came in here, you boom, know, he boom, just boom. Didn't, didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Now he's like, listen, hey, boom, I'm here. Do this. Do this, and I'm going to follow instructions that T-Bone tells me. I, I learned when the very first day I was here, I called Meet Brad Barnes, the producer of the Fast Lane. I said, hey, Mr. Barnes, and he just laughed. And I went, okay, no more Mr. anymore. It's just first name basis. No I one's you, ever buddy. called him Mr. Barnes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he probably he probably didn't even know who you were talking to. <laughs> All right, Ribs, uh, you've had some great guests. I don't know if you heard me just play uh, a little bit of your interviews. You had uh, Craig Berube, uh, Justin Falk. Okay, so here's here's where I'm going. See if I'm right on this. All right. I, I said the number one thing this year for the Blues. Petro's gone. I said my number one issue or number one aspect of the team you got to look at Justin Falk has to be Justin Falk that's number one for me and I'm not and number two was I'm not concerned by about Bennington I, I people still don't believe in him which I don't understand the guy he's he's elite he won yeah. you a cup he was great last year wasn't great in the bubble as Craig Berube said no one was so I'm, I'm not worried about Bennington but let's get Justin Falk to the player that he's supposed to be. Yeah, look, Justin Falk has to get back to where he was about three seasons ago, okay? Because there were some hiccups even towards the end of his run in Carolina. Uh, but he's a capable player. And right now, what has to happen, and we talked to Larry Robinson yesterday, who's great you know, interview, Mr. Hall of Famer yeah. himself, right? And he, he was right. He's got to get back to playing with an edge. He's got to get back to playing like he belongs on the ice, right? Like there's a difference of playing 20 minutes a game and filling voids here and there and playing 20 minutes a game where you know you're supposed to be on the ice and you want to be out there in certain matchups. How about just not looking over your shoulder? Don't worry about it. Just go play. Yeah. Oh, that's, what, that's what I think it is. When just I go play, play. When I had the opportunity to play regularly and on certain teams where I had the opportunity to play between 15 and 20 minutes, it's a difference maker, yeah. man. When you're throwing a leg over the boards and you know, like, 
I'm going in this situation. You just get into a flow. Your confidence is sky high. You're not second-guessing yourself. The game does become easier. How about the show today? Who do you have coming up? In theme right now with hockey that we've had a little bit of a hockey week here, we've got Bill Daly. Awesome. So Deputy uh, Commissioner with the NHL. Uh, they just had a big Board of Governors yeah, meeting yesterday. yesterday, so we're going to try and chip away and try to get some information out of Bill and hopefully have him let us know when we can expect to play hockey again. You know, I I would assume that Bill would be fairly transparent with this community because they have been so involved with the Winter Classic, All-Star Game, Stanley Cup Finals. You know, this has been a hotbed of hockey, so yeah. these fans here are clamoring to get some information because I, I know me. Right now, how I am, I miss hockey right now. I really miss it. I, I It's weird without it right now. It, it I'm not really going to lie. Is. You know, normally, I, I really start, when I was doing the Blues, I was so into it. But as I've gotten away from it, you know, right around Thanksgiving is when I'm, I'm okay. That right, Thanksgiving is when it's sold out. As you know, yeah. Thanksgiving. Well, baseball season usually has just yeah. come to an end. Right. And hockey season now is interesting. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get the sold-out games right around Thanksgiving, get into the Christmas season, so this is the time to dive into it. So I'm sure our fans are, are going to be into that interview and, and find out what's going on. Should be a lot of fun, man. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. You too, man. All right, Ribs, BK, Alex coming up next. Uh, T-Bone, what are you smiling about? Well, I was just going to you know, yell at you to have a great weekend. You have a great weekend. <laughs> you did a hell of a job. You're awesome, T-Bone. Have a great weekend and great job. Thanks for doing this. I'll be off on Monday, so I'll talk to you Tuesday at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.